I'm Caroline Stephen, financial journalist. Today's episode of Talking Trading explores the perils of not looking after your relationships whilst you're learning to trade. Doug Dew is a mentoree from 2002 who has just authored an article on this topic in the current edition of your Trading Edge magazine. Keeping closed off about your trading journey can create anxiety for your significant other. Disappearing into your study, peering at the screen for hours on end may not be interpreted the right way. Your partner may wonder why isn't there an Audi R8 Spider sitting in the driveway? Or why are you still taking your holidays in Marimbula? Doug discusses the importance of a full and frank discussion with your partner. And Louise Bedford continues this theme in Mind Power as she discusses the trading self-startler. You know, the type of person who has a love affair with the markets only to burn out at the expense of their relationships. Chris Tate continues in A Little Trading, and we have Who Am I? Years ago while dating, I encountered a particularly charming creature. He was fascinating and charming and charismatic. From the moment our eyes met across the crowded room, I was captivated. And things moved quickly, my friend. Over the next few days, he showered me with attention and affection. It left me spinning. Finally, there was someone out there who truly understood me, and he might even be the one. Keep in mind, I'd reached this conclusion within a couple of weeks of meeting him. Okay, it all happened so fast. My usual safety mechanisms reserved for the dating field never even came close to engaging. I was so swept up with him. And then, as suddenly as it had started, there was deafening silence. Despite my best efforts to contact him, I didn't hear a thing. No more phone calls, no more letters or cards in the mail, and definitely no sign of flowers being delivered. After a week of this total rejection, I received a note which read, more or less, won't be able to see you for a while, need to put the brakes on, take care, we might catch up in the future. Hmm, what happened here? Well, he had freaked himself out. In a moment of clarity, his happy-go-lucky bachelor subconscious screamed at him, back off, mate. At this rate, you'll be thinking about picket fences by next month. So at the point of realisation that he was in too deep, he ran like a frightened little rabbit. Hmm. Well, I've seen many self-startler types in the investing field. And really, there are so many metaphors for life in what I experienced. You see... The self-startler in the investing field, they start out with a whirlwind of activity. They attend all of the exciting courses. They read all of the books they can get their hands on. And they have a love affair with trading. They buy bucket loads of shares all in quick succession. They don't think about portfolio heat or any of the specifics that they've actually read about. They're in this for good and they're throwing themselves in 100%. Now, this can go one of two ways. The self-startler could end up going on to incredible investing success if they calm the heck down. They need to be more steady, more predictable, and more focused on small incremental steps. But the other way, 
it can go is, and I've seen this many times, they burn themselves out. They blow up their accounts in a blaze of glory. It's brief, but spectacular. And it's also terrifying to watch, especially if you're the spouse of the self-startler. I was sent an email recently. It basically said, look, help me. I don't think I even know my husband anymore. He's discovered trading and trading is so much more attractive to him than I will ever be. He's up half the night trading the US market and he's quit his job to trade full time. What can I do? Now, I can tell you that living with someone like that must be like living with a madman or woman, as the case may be. Success in trading is a wonderful goal, but it's worthless if the rest of your life is in shambles. If you read the book by Jack Schwager, Market Wizards, you will hear of the occasional incredible superior trader who has dropped the rest of their life to enjoy trading, but that is more rare. They are more the exception rather than the rule. The same goes for the property market. If you are trading property like a crazy person, it just can't last. In the business arena, if you have a business and you pour yourself into it, you will burn out. Every arena of investing shares this self-startling concept, I guess as well as dating. You need to develop mastery over your own mindset. Maintain a balance in your life. Look after your own health and your family as well as your wealth. And then you'll go the distance and live the trader's life. Chris Tate in a little trading. What's the difference when managing an account of 3000 compared to 30000 compared to 300,000? Intriguingly, in in terms of practicalities, there are no differences. Where the differences arise is in people's psychology. And let's concentrate on the transition from, say, 30K to 300. Whenever people's account sizes increase, there is often a tendency for them to become overly defensive. So that let's say that, let's let's assume that over the years you've traded your 30K up to 300 using 1% risk. People all of a sudden get to 300K and go, I better risk 0.5 now. My question to them would be why? Having a larger account does, does tend to make some people go to water and become overly defensive because they're unwilling quite naturally to give back what they have gained. But the problem with that is that they then begin to cap what they can possibly make. But at the same time, they actually set themselves up for the scenario they're trying to avoid in that in a desire not to give money back, they start to slip into the bad habits of not closing positions when they should, adding to losing positions, and doing all those little idiosyncratically stupid things that poor investors do. And it it comes back to the notion that all it's changing is the number of zeros on the account. Neither the methodology nor you should change as the size of the account changes. You need to stay static because you're the thing you can control. Who am I? Born in a Jewish family in 1930, 
I grew up in Nazi-occupied Hungary. I attended the London School of Economics. My studies of philosophy led me to apply Karl Popper's general theory of reflexivity to capital markets, which gave me a clear picture of asset bubbles. And motivated to profit from my reflexivity insight in 1969, I set up my own hedge fund called Double Eagle, which I later renamed to Quantum Fund. I'm a well-known supporter of American progressive political causes and philanthropist. In 1992, I became known as the man who broke the Bank of England because of my short sale of 10 billion pounds sterling, making me a profit of 1 billion dollars during the Black Wednesday UK currency crisis. Although I lost 1 billion dollars in the weeks after the election of Donald Trump, My total fortune is listed in Forbes magazine as 25.2 billion dollars. I am George Soros. Hi, this is Tom Corley, author of the best-selling books Rich Habits and Change Your Habits Change Your Life, and I'm listening to Talking Trading. Doug Jew did the mentor program in 2002. He has a special interest in trading psychology. And holds a master's degree in mindful leadership. In this interview with Doug, we discuss the power of a full and frank discussion about your trading with your partner. Now, this current edition of Your Trading Edge magazine actually features Doug authoring an article on this topic. And so, the purpose of this interview with Doug is to maybe provide some structure to the questions that your partner may ask you before you embark. On this trading journey, Doug Jew, all the way from the UK. Hello, and welcome to Talking Trading. Hi, it's very nice to be talking to you. We very much like the Pommy accent. Oh no, I'm Australian. You're a hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, how did all this start? I've been trading for some time,、uh, and I put together a new trading plan. And just by accident, I saw on a forum somewhere people talking about. How to deal with their partners, and they were saying things like, "Well, I only tell her when I win something," or,、uh, "No, don't tell him anything about it. It'll, you know, it'll just make trouble for you." And I thought, "That's not right. That's that's absolutely not right. This money that I'm investing is on behalf of the two of us. We both own this money, and I just can't go into the market with money without getting basically just getting."、Uh, Uh, Mary's okay. That it's all right with her if we do this, and it turned out to be a really valuable exercise. Okay, so when you're talking to Mary or your partner, how should the conversation start? Yeah, well, I'll tell you how it shouldn't start. That is, it shouldn't start like, "Ah,、oh, I'll be going to bed later tonight because I'm trading the S and P 500 till about three in the morning." That's how it should not start. A better way for, hey, darling. I'm going to embark on this this、uh, this trading share trading exercise.、Um, obviously, it involves investing some money, and it's your money just as much as it's mine. And I want you to really understand what I'm going to do, how I'm going to safeguard our interests, and I want to get your actually get your permission to go ahead on this、uh, on this project. So I'm going to tell you answer all the questions you might have, hopefully successfully. I'm aware that you'll know when I'm talking bulldust long before I do, and that'll be very useful. 
to both of us. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, let me let, let's talk about this thing now. All right. So here are some of the questions that your partner, you being Mary in your case or Nigel in my case, might ask you. And Doug, you're going to give us some suggested answers back. Okay. Okay. Why do you want to do this? Okay. The reason that uh, I want to do this is that I want to generate some income for us. And in particular, what my objective is to finance our overseas trips. My objective is not just to make as much money as possible. So you're being, I mean, spe- you're being specific. Yeah, yeah, being specific about uh, so that we both we both understand and agree that that's why we're going down this path. Uh, and uh, you know, when I put when I put that to Mary, she said, "Okay, yeah, I understand that. That's fine. I like going on overseas trips too. And uh, if you can finance them, great stuff." Okay, I'm being Mary. How much time will you allocate to this, Doug? Ah, okay. Yeah. Now this is this is this is actually really an important one because what's going to what's going to happen? Are you going to disappear into study for twelve hours a day? Are you are you going to be awake at four in the morning trading something in Timbuktu? Uh, so you've got to be really really explain really carefully uh, your what your trading day week or month is going to look like uh, and in my case since I trade weekly uh, I'm and I'm in the UK and I'm trading the ASX I'm going to be up late on on uh, Sunday on Sunday nights doing what trades I need to uh, change in my stop so I'm going to spend about an hour a week doing that I'm going to spend some I'm going to spend some time, probably five or ten minutes every day, having a look at the market. Not that I need to, but it's very hard to resist it. And I'm a member of the uh, training game uh, community, so I'm going to be sending him uh, reading the forum, talking to people, all that kind of stuff. But that's maybe another hour or so a week. So that's how I'm going to spend, how much of my time I'm going to spend on this. So, Doug, being my husband, how much of our hard-earned money are you going to risk Ah, uh, yeah. Now, the, to answer this question, you, you've got to be able to explain about stops. You, you, can, you can start off by saying, OK, I'm going to show you how at any one time we are never going to have more than $6,000 at risk, no matter what happens. If the sky falls in, we will never lose more than $6,000. And more specifically, in any share that we buy, we are never going to lose more than one thousand dollars. So that's that's the bottom line. What we're risking, you and I, is six grand. And if if we get, I'll, I'll just add one more thing. And also, if we if we if we're trading and we're, we're not making money, we're going to get to a point where we, you and I, agree that we're going to stop this, take a look at it, and work out whether to carry on or not. And we might set a figure for that. We we might say that. Over three months, if we've lost more than, uh, if we've lost the six and then we've started again and lost another six, when we get to 12, we're going to stop. We're going to work out what's going wrong. Will we go on with this or not? What are you going to do every day, every week, every month, husband, Doug? Now, this, this kind of question, the way you can answer this depends on how much they want to know. Ideally... What I would want to do is to sit down in front of the computer with, with her and show her how trading actually works, how you buy a stock, how you set a stop, uh, how, how you um, 
keep records of what's what's happening, how you how, where you know uh, where you are from, uh, you know, day for day or week for week. And in my case, uh, what I said to her was that I'm going to give you a report once a week of exactly where we are, an Excel spreadsheet of exactly where we are, and we can talk about that. You can ask me what happened. So, and if in, in Mary's case, she was pretty interested in, in all this stuff, and she got a much better understanding, for example, of what a guaranteed stop is. Okay, so as your wife, what I really want to know is when will we take profit, and maybe when will we take losses? Okay, this goes back to the trading plan. In, if you don't have a trading plan, don't bother. None of this works if you don't have a trading plan. But in your trading plan, it will describe uh, when when you take a profit and when you take a loss. So in my case, I only take profits when my guaranteed stops are hit. So a share keeps going up in value and then it uh, it goes down a bit, it hits a stop and, I, and I'm out. Otherwise, I just let them run. So this is the kind of thing that I, I would explain uh, to Mary in terms of when do we take profits and when do we take losses. Okay, darling, you're the love of my life, but when do we see some cash? Ah, now, we, let's go back to the trading plan again. The objective was to make money to go overseas. So if we're making money and we decide we want to go back to Venice, then we'll take the money and do it. <laughs> Those gondolas are calling, darling. <laughs> okay, darling, we are now divorced and I am no longer your wife, Mary, for the purposes of the rest of this interview. I am Caroline, the journalist. So tell me, Mr. Jew, what's the alternative to not having this discussion with your partner? Um, what's the alternative? Well, I, t I, I talked before about the various mechanisms that people uh, have, have recommended, like not telling them everything, anything or just telling, just telling them uh, when they make a profit on something. But, and, and it depends on your relationship, doesn't it? If you if your relationship is like ours, then it's easy for us to be open with one another about what we're doing and uh, without necessarily any fear of, of criticism. Although, you know, once you go through your plan with somebody uh, and uh, they might have some criticisms that you might have to take into account. Um, so for me, there's no alternative. How did Mary respond? Oh, she it was very interesting because. She, uh, you know, she got an understanding of what I was really doing, and she became she became very positive about uh, what was going on. She understood why I was doing it. How uh, interestingly, as much as the uh, the potential for profit, the fact that I was doing something that I was really passionate about was was very important to her. And now, you know, we have these conversations every week. So, how's your trading going now, Doug? I'm trading the ASX 200, my new plan, which started about uh, in November. It's going along all right. But I don't, you know, you shouldn't measure your success by the dollars. You should measure it by how closely you follow your plan. And we might get onto another whole topic about mindfulness at some stage in the future, but mindfulness helps me follow my plan. Uh, I really don't, I'm not tempted by all the things that people are tempted by. You know, I don't sell early and or I don't – all that kind of stuff that I read about that people have all these problems with. I don't have them. It's like I was autistic. I mean, the, the benefits that mindfulness have had for me is that I am able to look at things dispassionately and 
recognize when my emotions are uh, getting out of control or uh, I'm tempted. You know, you do get tempted, obviously, um, to, to do something that's not in your plan. But mindful, mindfulness helps me recognize when that's happening and stops it happening. Awareness. Aware, yeah, awareness and lack of, uh, lack of emotion, you know, that, that, that fundamental belief that what you have to do is follow your plan. Mindfulness, awareness, detachment. Exactly. Doug, do final thing to say about Chris and Louise and the mentor program. Oh, yeah. Well, the basis of all my all my trading is um, what I, what I learnt on the mentor program, and one of the for me now having uh, uh, you know restarted as it were, the fact that you can go back and do the course again is just so, just fantastic. Uh, so I can't I can't recommend it. And for everyone wanting to read Doug's article, pick up the current edition of Your Trading Edge magazine to find out a little bit more detail about how to talk to your partner. Doug Dew, thanks for coming on to Talking Trading. It's been a great pleasure, darling. Stay tuned next week to hear Axel Kabar, a chartist from Bulgaria, as we discuss the international language of charting. I'm Caroline Stephen. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to TalkingTrading.com.au with Caroline Stephen. Make sure you are subscribed to this website to receive the very latest market views, commentary and expert opinion. Tune in next week as we've got a bumper show planned. Bye for now. The views represented on Talking Trading are general in nature and do not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Before acting on any of the information, consider its appropriateness in regard to your own situation. Want to know the hottest sectors in the Aussie market? Now's your chance. Download my free Hot or Not special report from tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not. That website again, tradinggame.com.au slash hot or not.